It's Rumination Thursday on this December the 22nd in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and on Rumination Thursdays, we love to have Pastor Wes Reimnitz on the line with us to discuss a subject that we hope will be comforting to you. So first of all, good morning, Pastor Reimnitz. Good morning, Pastor Baker. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, any snow your way? It just started blowing in. It's uh, kind of the precursor getting ready to start in about 11 o'clock. So we, I say about 45 minutes ago, it started blowing in. Boy, we haven't had any snow here yet, or and it's not cold, so we'll see what happens. But, yep. I've got, uh, well, we're ready to go. We're ready to go. And on today's subject, uh, we're going to do once more an important thesis. It's thesis number 13 of CFW Walther's lectures on law and gospel. That's, of course, what this program is all about. He has 21 ways in which pastors and others well they don't use the proper distinctions between law and gospel and this one is really interesting i just want to say this because it kind of surprises you we are in the church here to help people come to faith in jesus christ because through faith they receive god's righteousness and are saved cfw walther writes this, a preacher must be able to preach a sermon on faith without ever using the word faith. Wow. That's really something, isn't it? It is. And that was one of the reasons why I thought it was good for us to take a look at Thesis 13, that uh, especially as we're getting ready to go into to uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And we'll, we'll have a lot of people come to church, you know, some of them family and friends uh, that uh, we haven't seen for a while or haven't been to church. And this is a good thesis uh, to take a look at in, in that regard. Would you read Thesis 13 as Walter writes it? You are not rightly distinguishing law and gospel and the Word of God if you explain faith by demanding that people are able to make themselves believe or at least can contribute towards that end. Rather, preach faith into people's heart by laying the gospel promises before them. This is really a good distinction between law and gospel. Because a lot of times in every religion in the world, the way that you get right with God is to do a good work. And a lot of people think that your faith is a good work that you do. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah I have a friend of mine that, that I work out with and and, you know, we're, we're constantly going back and forth, you know, uh, when he witnesses that he wants somebody to have 
to declare their faith that they that they have it and, and I said by the time they declare it the Holy Spirit's already been there yes if anybody says yes I want to believe that Jesus Christ is my Savior they can't say that unless they already believe that he is their Savior because it is impossible to have that idea without having faith from the Holy Spirit. So I've been trying to think of an analogy that we can use where you want somebody to have something without mentioning it. Uh, The one I came up with is this. We love going to restaurants. Now, we haven't gone to one for about two years now we're always wearing masks because of the Chinese virus. But be that as it may, we do like going to particularly Chinese restaurants, which is interesting. I love those, the food that they have there. Now, when I talk about bringing somebody with me, I can talk quite a bit about how delicious the food is and all kinds of food without ever mentioning the word food. I can say, oh, they've got fried chicken, they've got all kinds of salads. In other words, you can explain what is on the menu, and yet you never say the word food, and that leads a person to say, boy, can we come with you the next time you go? And that's the goal of telling them how delicious the food is without using the word food so that they get motivated to come with you to the restaurant. So that's one way I thought about how you can speak about something, getting people interested in it without using certain words. And if you insist that a person has faith then you are demanding faith and we are not permitted to lay down a demand of the law because nobody can obey the law. Yes, it's important from God's point of view that a person has faith, but we have that faith created by talking about Jesus Christ and what he did for us and a person comes to faith without ever hearing the word faith. And in that way, you stay away from giving the impression that faith is a good work that you can work on, that you can decide to have, because faith does not come by the will of man, but instead by the will of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and that's, that's something that Walter brings out because he he talks about uh, Luther and reveals that uh, Luther and his true greatness. He really appeals to the listener to believe, really be believe. Rather, Luther preaches the word of Christ, salvation by grace, and the riches of God's mercy in Christ Jesus. Everyone gets the idea that all you have to do is receive. And all I need to do is rest in the lap of the divine grace of God. Yes, an example that Walther uses, he says, if I invite a half-starred person 
to sit down to a well-set table and to help himself to anything he likes. I do not expect him to tell me that he will take no orders from me. When I say, go ahead and eat, he doesn't see that as a command of the law that he must obey, but rather as an invitation to have something that he desires because he feels so hungry. And that's the purpose of John the baptizer. He didn't preach that you need to have faith in Jesus. He preached about the lack of repentance when people sin. And that was preparing the way for Jesus. How was his teaching of baptism a preparation for the coming of Jesus? Well, his baptism was a baptism of of repentance to confess your sins and be contrite over him and receive a baptism of repentance, which, by the way, Jesus takes on John's baptism of repentance, but instead of repentance, Jesus gets the sins of all mankind. Yes. In other words, Martin Luther, he uses rarely appeals to his believers saying, believe, really believe. A person who is an unbeliever cannot obey that command because that's a command of the law. And so instead, you need to put the ingredients to believe in the words of a sermon or a Bible study. And the more that people hear about what Jesus has done for them, then the more gratified they are to trust in him. And that trust comes about spontaneously by the Holy Spirit, as is explained by the third article of the creed, I believe in the Holy Spirit. It is not by my will, but by the will of God that faith comes about after I have heard the wonderful good words of Jesus Christ. And it's the invitation to to believe. It's not a demand of, of the law, but an invitation of the gospel to to believe. And I think that's so important that, that we remind ourselves of it, especially with Christmas Eve services and Christmas Day services, that we're there to proclaim the gospel and the birth of our Savior and peace on earth, that, uh, that the Holy Spirit may work. Because like in Romans 10, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. Exactly. That's a really good point to make. Faith comes not about by somebody commanding you to have faith, but by hearing about the word of Christ. And what is that word of Christ that creates faith? Well, that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him may shall not perish but have everlasting life. Yes. Now, it's not that a preacher cannot talk about faith. But when he talks about faith, he is explaining the way a person is saved. He's not telling them, This is a demand from God, have faith. Because if that was what the sermon is about, a person may say to themselves, oh, 
if only I had faith. Faith must be something very difficult to get, for I have not yet obtained it. Why do even Christians think that they lack faith? Um, well, are you talking about the old Adam yes. wanting to, to have a say in, you know, in uh, their salvation? Yes. They feel that they do not, because of their old Adam, they don't act as though they have faith. Because if you had faith, you would obey God. But we are such sinners. What do we say in the confession of sins in the liturgy at church? We say, well, I, poor, miserable, miserable exactly. sinner, confess, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities. With which I've ever yeah. offended thee, and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. So if the sermon is telling people you better have faith or you're not going to be saved, Walter says they're going to be hearing the word faith ringing in their ears, but it will give them no comfort because they don't feel they have faith or else they would be doing many good works. A congregation remains spiritually dead if the sermon is only about the necessity of having faith. You don't get faith by talking about faith. You get faith by talking about the substance of the faith. And the substance of the faith are the promises of the gospel. How are the promises of the gospel different than the promises of the law, Wes? Well, the promises of the law is you got to do it completely without, uh, perfectly, and then, then you can, quote, save yourself. But the promises of the gospel is it's already been done. It's, we've talked about this before. The law says do, mankind says do this and live. And God says it's already done, and it's done through Jesus Christ. Yes, I always like using words to help distinguish, and you said it very correctly here. Uh, the way I would say it to help all of us remember is if you're hearing the law, you're hearing something that is conditional. You need to do this before something happens. But if you're hearing the gospel, then it is unconditional. There's nothing you need to do in order to be saved. God does it all by creating faith in your heart. And when you have that faith, then it can be explained that that is why you can do works of the Holy Spirit, which are called fruit of the Holy Spirit. A good example of that is the parable of the sheep and the goats. The sheep are commended for a number of works, but is that the reason why they're going to heaven? No. No. The works are showing that they have faith, and therefore those works are evidence for God that they are 
faithful people who believe his promises. The goats may do the same works, but they don't have the motivation of faith in Jesus Christ. So that's really, yeah. really important. Uh, he, he talks a little bit about uh, this uh, synergism. Could you explain that a little bit? With synergism is, is something that's good in business, but in theology, he's it, got kind of a, uh, a bad, not-so-good connotation, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, I'll give you an example that Walter even uses. One of the opponents of Martin Luther was a man named Erasmus, and he wrote in his diatribe on the freedom of the will. And here's what he says. If God issues a command, the obligation of that command assumes that people have the ability to fulfill it. Now, see, that's true in business. If I have a yeah. business, and let's say I have hired salesmen, their orders are to go out to sell the product. And I assume they have the ability to do that. If a person comes back and doesn't sell anything, well, he's no longer going to be in that business. That's what you meant by the difference that in the world, when you give a command, it's assumed that the person can fulfill it. But in the spiritual realm, commands cannot be fulfilled because they say that if you fulfill that command perfectly, then you are no longer a sinner. But we have the old Adam, which continues to sin while we are here on earth. And therefore, it is impossible to hear a command and to do it perfectly. You can do it outwardly. Like, for instance, you may not steal. But inwardly, you may have thoughts of stealing or you feel jealous towards people who have more than you do, that the Sermon on the Mount makes it clear that sins are not only deeds, but also evil thoughts and evil words. And that's why it's impossible to obey a commandment from God. That's really what we call today decision theology, which Walther is uh, against. How do you explain decision theology? The decision of theology is is uh, where you make a decision for Jesus Christ in your life. I remember uh, a friend of mine that that was reformed, and he talked about that you Lutherans baptize babies. I said, "Sure, we do." He said, "Well, they haven't made a decision for Christ yet," and he said, "I made a decision for Christ and was baptized," and make a long story short, uh, I said, when you made that decision to call your Baptist pastor, when did you do that? He said, a couple of weeks before the baptism. And then he backed it up a couple of months and that, and he, he, says, he said, uh, I guess the Holy Spirit did come and change my heart. And I said, yeah, somebody shared the Word of God with you. And uh, Decision Theology yeah, she just perverts that all the all the heck, so to speak. Yes, 
I, I hear that on other radio stations where individuals are trying to get people to believe and they say, please say this prayer with me. And then the prayer goes something along the lines, uh, Jesus, I am a sinner and I am in need of salvation. I believe in you. Therefore, come into my heart and save me. And they're inviting Christ into their heart. Well, they cannot do that unless he's already in their heart. And so I often will have a prayer when I'm talking to someone like that. I'll say, let's pray. Dear Jesus, we believe that you have died on the cross for our sins. Therefore, we thank you that you have already entered into our heart and given us faith to believe the promises of the gospel. That's how a person comes to understand what faith is, not something that they have done, but something that God produces in them, not something they produce in themselves. Isn't that something that uh, uh, you flesh it out a little bit for me, but the uh, president of, of our son, Matthew Harrison, said that we, we come with an empty bag and our hands open up to receive from God his mercy and grace. Yes, and the reason that we do that is because we have faith and it is not something that we accept in the sense, well, I'm gonna make a decision. I'm going to accept Jesus Christ in my life. No, it's a gift that we receive. And so therefore, to create faith in someone by the power of the Holy Spirit is really to discuss the gift not the faith. You can explain how faith saves, but make sure that the person realizes it's not something they produce, but it's something that the Holy Spirit produced within them. God is the source of faith. And that, that is the wonderful good news during Christmas that they come and hear that Christ is, is coming to the world for our forgiveness and then that he has died upon that cross for us. And we can talk about it during this season of, of uh, Christmas. And uh, hopefully those that haven't been around for a while, it, it, cre it creates or rekindles that faith in them. And uh, they, they come back. Yes. When the shepherds met the angels and were told about the birth of Jesus Christ, the angels did not tell the shepherds to have faith, did they? Right. And they told them to go and, and see that thing which is found in Bethlehem. And they explained what was found in the same way that Gabriel had explained to Mary that that which will be conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit and will be the Son of God. The angel Gabriel did not say to Mary, believe, because that faith came about by the Holy Spirit. And that's clear from her Magnificat, 
which is what? What did she say in her Magnificat? My soul is magnified the Lord. Exactly. So yeah. she already had received faith. Um, Walter says it this way. Teach him nothing but listen to the word of God, and God will give them faith. Furthermore, warn them not to resist the divine grace and not to suffer the sparks of glowing in their heart. And when the gospel enters the heart, like the blessed water from heaven, that is what kindles their faith. And that's what we need to do during this season of Christmas. And that's why, and you've already mentioned it, why this is such an important thesis. Because if Christians believe that you must make a decision before you can be saved, then they would not baptize infants because they don't believe that infants can make decisions. But that's not true. Look at John the Baptist in the womb, filled with the Holy Spirit, he declared Jesus to be the Son of God while he was not yet born. And if you talk to a mother who has given birth to a child, it only takes about a week, and you ask her, does that child that you bore, does he or she believe you? And the mother will say, oh yes, they love when I hold them, when I feed them, I comfort them, stop them from crying. So they believe that faith can come about even between two human beings if you're an infant. But why they have trouble thinking that God can create faith in a child is beyond me. <laughs> well, that's because we want we want to be a cooperation in it. But again, it's it's just great news for us to celebrate during this Christmas and, you know, see it as an opportunity as our churches fill up as to, to re relate that gospel of Christ coming into the world for us. Well, this is our last broadcast for 2022. KFUO is going on a little holiday. We'll be back on January the 9th with a program I'll be doing. And the following Thursday again with Pastor Reimnitz. So from Pastor Reimnitz and myself, Tom Baker, Merry Christmas. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.